0: gentlemen, let's broaden our minds, Lawrence! Yo, I got the
1: power Oh, I'm so lovely, it's ridiculous I got the power,
0: I got unlimited power Yo, yeah. I got the power, I got unlimited power Diarrhea! I got, power. I got unlimited power, it's running the game, we're not playing the same, I was just going the same from red to blue, from blue to red, the deck from red from overhead We'll a- Happy Vaccine Day! And I like clap for them. It's very exciting. <laughs> no, Ben's emotional about something. Well, <laughs> oh yeah, Erin, this is not my type of story.
1: It's not my type of story either. Hey, welcome back to The Brotherhood of Batman. I'm Aaron. I'm the oldest out of us. I produce this mess. Thanks for tuning in to an all-in-person recording episode. And I'm Jake. I'm the middle brother. I'm the one that came off with the crazy
2: list of
0: comics that we are reading through. And I am Ben, your baby... Your baby brother. God damn it. <laughs> I'm Ben, the baby brother, and your sunshine into Gotham. This is The Brotherhood of Batman, a podcast where three brothers get together to talk about DC comics, usually related to The Dark Knight. Today, we have a very special guest with us. I was going to introduce her in relations to the three brothers, and I realized that a woman should not be defined by her relationships to men. (laughs) So I would like to introduce a very talented writer and co-podcaster of two podcasts, What's New Nancy Drew and the Stargirl After Show. Welcome, Sarah. Hi.
3: Glad to be back.
0: Oh, hey. Hey.
2: How's it going? Good,
0: good. I'm impressed that you came back after uh, all the mess of these recordings. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, I think the last episode you were on, Aaron had a temper tantrum, temper tantrum after the recording equipment died like three times in a row. I'm
1: trying to remember that. Which episode was that? That was uh, a long was time ago.
3: Also when um, it was Batman Year 2.
1: Oh, that book.
3: Yeah. So, yeah.
2: And you're like, I never need to read another comic book ever again. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's pretty, pretty accurate, so.
0: So today we will be discussing Green Lantern, Emerald Twilight, and Emerald Dawn. So Sarah, you want to tell us about the drink you brought?
3: Yeah, so I made some cucumber lemonade. Um, so it's you know just lemonade and then the the green cucumber is in there because as we learn in the second half of this book, um, the color yellow no longer is defeating the color green. So I thought, oh. why not bring them together? Ooh, Very that's
1: nice. Tasty. That's tasty. I like it. Very good.
0: Thanks for uh, bringing I should that. have stirred the vodka. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I just did. <laughs> did you use your finger? <laughs>
1: I used my pen. <laughs>
0: okay. Thank you for bringing that. It, it is delicious. Alright, well, before we get into these books, what's been going on in y'all's geeky little little lives?
1: Stop talking about, about comic books or What do you think you're doing, you nerd? Stop spending Get those Nerd! Geek. Geek. I
2: mean, I'm the Batman of geeks, bitch.
1: Uh, I used my new barbecue, finally showed up, so I put that together this weekend and did that overnight last night. And what's cool is the it comes with an app, and the app you can change and control everything on it. So I can see like the temperature of the grill, the temperature of each of the different probes uh, on the meat, so I can change settings from inside the house while I'm laying in bed if I want.
3: That's incredible.
1: It's pretty awesome. So I'm like <laughs> laying in bed and I open the app and like it's like three in the morning and it's like, okay, hey, current temperature is 251 and the meat is currently at this. So I know oh, wow. like graph over time of the, the temperature differences on everything.
2: So, so you just lay in dinky. bed like staring at your meat <laughs> on screen? <laughs> pretty much, yeah. All you got to do is like get a little GoPro camera on the inside of the grill now. Yeah, and a baby you can, like, monitor
0: for yeah. his meat. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> that may need to happen. When you started talking about your girl, I was like, Aaron, that's not geeky. And then you made it geeky, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: have to show you the up later.
0: Um, I'm actually going to hold my week in geek until
2: near the end of the episode, because I'd like to talk about the conversation a little bit before I talk about what's
1: been going on in my geeky week.
2: Okay. Mm,
1: I don't know if that's allowed, but okay. It is.
2: I created the podcast. I'm changing the rules.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did he create the podcast? I don't know.
0: Oh, no. I definitely did not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Sarah, how about you?
3: Uh, so this week in Geek, I think mostly I've been doing a lot of, uh, as Ben mentioned, I uh, co-host with him, the What's New Dandy Drew podcast. And I have been doing a lot of watching of that show and research. So a lot of my stuff has had to do with that. And then I got a new Stargirl comic that I'm very excited Star to read. Girl.
1: What 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 is awesome. going on in Stargirl comics for those of us that have not read <gasps> you it? You haven't Stargirl. read it yet, Sarah? I
3: haven't read it yet. No. Uh, so there haven't been Star Girl comics coming out, right? Not
0: since 2016 yeah. oh, so when she run. was in the JSA.
3: And so this one is Summer Break. Summer vacation? Is that what it's called? It's not spring so- break. It's I don't want to correct you, <laughs> but it's, sp- <laughs>
0: it's spring break. Oh, it is spring oh, break. Oh, yeah, okay, spring break right. special. The
3: gotcha. show is summer. Yes. And so I guess that's where I was confused.
0: I did read it. It's very cute. I'm excited to hear your thoughts since okay. you do a Stargirl podcast. And um, it's by Todd Nock and Jeff Johns. And it's a one shot, but I'm excited for you oh, okay. to read it. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> 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 that's
2: that's interesting um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's leading into
0: so that was going to be my uh week geek until i heard news of more casting for the green lantern hbo show i was like oh, oh. i should bring yeah. that up so they cast alan scott who was the original green lantern um he's going to appear in the show as some form of character and alan scott Uh, a few years ago, they canonized as a homosexual. And so it's like, oh, okay, cool. So instead of just, you know, TV show, like, let's make someone gay, let's actually use the gay character. I'm like, okay, well, there's a little bit of controversy to who they cast. So they cast a straight actor, which is completely fine, because in my opinion, acting is acting. But they cast Jeremy Irvine, who is the straight actor who was cast in the Stonewall movie a couple years ago, which is super controversial because they re like Stonewall Riots was um, like the beginning of. Gay pride fighting yeah. and all that, uh-huh. and it was when a <laughs> a trans woman of color threw a brick at police officers, and that was the beginning of pride as we know it many many years ago. Well, in the Stonewall movie, the, the writer and director was like, you know what? Let's make that a white uh, cis man a yeah a white man and so this actor that played that part is now playing gay green lantern and so uh the queer community is a little like okay it's not necessarily the actor's fault but maybe he should stop saying yes to some of these parts (laughs) (laughs) so it's just kind of ironic that he got cast in which is fine that he's playing green lantern it's just funny that they cast a
1: straight man who was in a controversial gay movie yeah that is kind of weird that they're like going ahead with that again do they think it's like okay this will be redemption this will i don't be... know he's getting typecast it's just weird huh so that is very odd yeah
2: so he's the uh the second green lantern i know that they've cast
0: uh i know guy gardner has also
2: been cast i'm pretty sure
0: yes and he's someone that was in uh, american crime drama or american crime story which i really enjoyed oh nice so he i'm excited for him this other guy i'm not too sure but well, we don't know a lot about that show, like what the
2: premise is. I mean, I think it's supposed to be more of like a Green Lantern core kind of movie where it's going to be maybe episodic adventures of different core members as opposed to like following Hal Jordan or Kyle Rayner. At least as of now, there's just not a lot of details, which is kind of cool because um, you'd think with DC going back to Green Lantern, a character they haven't touched since <laughs> the Ryan Reynolds failure, that uh, they would make a big deal about this character coming failure.
3: Out.
1: I kind of like that movie.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm I sorry. enjoyed it. Why, why did you hate it so Ryle much, Reynolds? much, it's
2: it's not a it's not a hatred of
1: the movie, but it it bombed really really bad. So so you're paying more attention to what the critics and everyone is saying than your actual thoughts on the movie.
0: Uh, well, no, I don't actually enjoy it all that much. But why not? My biggest critique of the movie was the number of times they used the word fear. It was like
1: every three words. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I remember that part. Uh,
2: there were some great parts of the movie, um, which we can talk about throughout this episode, I guess, if we want to touch on when characters come about. Um, yeah, I think we have other stuff to talk about. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> <think there's> probably... <laughs> But Sarah,
0: um, Alan Scott, maybe with the HBO, maybe there'll be some um, sort of crossover with Stargirl.
3: Oh, yeah. I bet there will be.
0: Because he was a JSA member. Yeah. Um, oh. I've
3: heard rumor that there may be a Green Lantern in um, Stargirls. Apparently joining the Arrowverse. Because uh, the guy who played Flash. What's that actor's name? Grant Gustin? No. Oh, um, the o- the Flash. adulter. Yeah.
1: I think it's Wally West. <laughs>
3: um, <laughs> I don't know. But he is coming in. Um, He's going to appear on the Stargirl TV show. So I think they're going to connect nice. it all together.
0: Jay Garrick. I don't remember the actor's name.
2: Yes.
3: But. Yes. Now, no, no, it, it wasn't Jay.
0: Yeah. He plays Jerry
2: Garrick. The Earth 2 flesh a- Am I wrong in remembering the uh, the opening of the first Stargirl episode? Isn't there a lantern on the floor in the destruction of the... Mm-hmm. During that big battle? Uh, yeah. you, do, you don't see... The uh, Alan Scott himself, but you see the actual like battery lantern laying there. Yep.
0: All right. Speaking of battery lanterns, uh, <laughs> let's go through these books. So we read the Green Lantern series from the 90s, issues 48 through 55. A uh, little quick little recap. This is two separate stories, but because this is technically a Batman podcast, we're going to do this as one Green Lantern <laughs> episode. 48 <laughs> through 50 can be summed up with the current at the time Green Lantern Hal Jordan is very sad because in the reign of Superman his city Coast City gets destroyed and he somehow manages to make that all about him versus all the people who died <laughs> and about how sad he is at what he lost I'm like okay buddy so he goes on a rampage where he goes after all the other Green Lantern Corps which is like a little army of superheroes um, run by a little group of blue men uh, in red dresses as we learn and <laughs> And he beats down all of the Green Lanterns and pretty much becomes evil and destroys all of the little blue men guardians and takes their power and that's the first three issues. Then we cut over to Kyle Rayner and he is the last chosen Green Lantern with the last Green Lantern ring and we get to learn all about him and his adventures and what the 90s male-run comic industry likes to do with female characters. (laughs) Is that a decent recap? (laughs) We yeah. are
1: recording yep, outside, so, so uh, if you hear motorcycles drive by, <laughs> we'll uh, apologize for that.
2: No, this is good. It's it's just a little odd. Like this is the first time since uh, our year two anniversary we've recorded in person. And so, like, making eye contact while I'm talking to you guys is very strange. Usually, I'm just, like, reading the comics in the comic room. Like,
0: oh, what am I going to read next? The three moon? of us did one with um, the New, our New York friends. Oh, the,
2: we were together for yeah. that one. You're right. But right.
0: we haven't done one where we haven't had a guest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. 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 Yeah.
0: So, um, I wanted to
2: start real quick with a uh, question to Aaron and Sarah. Um, is this the first Green Lantern story you guys have read? No.
1: I read uh Blackest Night. Oh, nice. That's a good one to start with. So that was a good one. Um, Sarah.
3: I think this is the first one.
1: Did
2: you other than um like the DC movie with Ryan Reynolds have you had much background with Green Lantern? Like did you feel like you knew Hal Jordan well enough going into the story um and all that?
3: I think I picked up on enough um also, I've heard Ben talk about him before, um, and Green Lantern in general, and then my dad was a huge Green Lantern fan. Like, that was the series that he collected, so oh, cool. I've heard some of it. I,
1: I'd wa- um, watch the movie, obviously. I've read a few books. Um, I've had some JLA books that I've read that I think he's appeared in, like some of the new 52s, I think. Yeah. So... Yeah, I've I've had some experience with him. Because,
2: I mean, it, it is a big departure from the way that Hal Jordan had been depicted all along when the story starts. And it's probably the biggest critique that this uh, book gets is... <laughs> the first three issues. Right. The first three issues. The biggest critique that they get is just the hard departure... That Hal Jordan and the complete right turn in his characterization that he falls to his uh, anger and his um, depression so quickly that
0: it completely changed his character right off the bat. Fans were not happy and people hated Kyle and meanwhile I'm like,
1: Kyle's my Green Lantern! (laughs) I I had not heard of Kyle.
0: Okay, so I was reading JLA wrote,
1: Who the hell is this guy? (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: literally one of my like six favorite superheroes, which I'm ready to defend for my life in about an hour. (laughs) So um, I was reading JLA in the nineties and Kyle, that was my introduction to him. So I started picking up this title, but it was in like the issues like 100, like it was pretty far removed from this. So I own these issues and I got these issues years after the fact, hunting them down at conventions and whatnot. So this was not my introduction to Kyle, but I own it because it's his introduction. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let me just throw that out there right (laughs) away. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair.
1: That's fair. So uh, the opening page has Hal um, standing over, like, some rubble and whatever. And there's, like, a... There's a, a face down there, and I wrote down, Is that Baby Doll on the cover? I was like, I was like, That would be awesome if they somehow brought Baby Doll into the rubble of uh, Coast City as Hal is standing there. But then I figured out it was not Baby Doll very quickly that, that, and was highly disappointed. That
2: poor actress moves to Coast City to escape Gotham, start a new life. Kaboom! She's dead.
0: Time frame wise, it checks out
1: because this is well, when she was created. Right, 1994, uh, so. yeah. I was just checking. Oh, yeah. that's funny.
2: So yeah, so the opening scene, um, Hal's kneeling in the rubble of Coast City. Um, ben said that during the reign of the Supermen, um, Mongol and Cyborg Superman, uh, they plan on changing and altering Earth into a new war world. And so to do that, they drop bombs. Water and, uh,
0: world? War
2: <laughs> world? War? War? war. I, I, I heard yeah, you yeah, correctly. Out. I'm just being obnoxious. Oh, Thanks. Um, <laughs> they drop bombs on Coast City and completely annihilate it in one fell swoop, and then they build a giant robotic city on on its ashes. And so Hal shows up to help the new, the resurrected Superman, Steel, and Supergirl take down these two villains. And then he has like this weird in between issue because uh, that happened in number. F- 46. And then issue 47, he teams back up of Green Arrow and they uh, like really. leave the destruction of Coast City and go off to another city for like a one issue adventure and then he
1: comes back to this and it's And then he said.
0: And then he's Amelia, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I own 46 because it's part of Reign of Superman and I collected all of those and then I own 48 through 180 <laughs> or whenever the series <laughs> ends and so it's just kind of a funny like I do not have 47 because <laughs> right. I do not need it. <laughs> Cause it kind of starts in the same spot.
2: Though. Like he's in the rubble and Carol Ferris is there and she's like, Oh, well there's this other problem that you need to be dealt or dealing with. And he's like, okay, well I guess the JLA can handle coast city for a little while and he flies her off and goes, and then he comes back and he's very upset now. That's unfortunate. But the opening panel, uh, I love this full-page splash with him down on his knees in the rubble. And then you turn and you have a double-page spread with the entire destruction of Coast City. Um, I think it it jumps off
0: with a pretty good bang. <laughs> um, it was a good use of a double-splash page, which I normally frown upon, but I thought it was a good use of it.
1: So once he, he starts uh, getting upset about all the destruction, he starts recreating or bringing back or creating using the the, uh, the Ring's power to recreate what the, the city was like and what all the people were, and he's reimagining his parents showing up, and he obviously had some daddy issues that he needed to work through <laughs> when his dad was alive. Um, I think with anger and wanting approval, and, um, you know, he's he really wants to create that power so that he can bring back everything and restore it to what it was, and... Um, but just with a hint of green, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, his power level is insane, right? Like, I mean, he just shoots his ring power up in the sky, creates a dome, and all of a sudden, there he's got every minute detail of the city and every person, and they're walking around, and you know, they're all phantoms of his own willpower. But like the the scale of his of a Green Lantern's power compared to Flash or other JLA members is pretty insane it's whatever
3: they can imagine
2: yeah
1: until it runs out and has to recharge which is funny
3: (laughs) yeah that's what kind of surprised me because this is the first one and I'm like how can you beat Green Lantern and then I was like well how did the Ryan Reynolds movie flop so bad if he has all this like infinite power um yeah I was very surprised by that and then I also got definite WandaVision feels uh from like yeah the the city there that someone is in control of all of them. But,
2: yeah, I didn't yeah. draw that connection. But yeah, the the big dome city with everything. Go- I mean,
0: yeah, that's exactly what happened in WandaVision. You're
1: right. Oh, yeah, that's totally... I didn't see, yeah. Except
0: instead of controlling people, he literally like made them up. Right. Mm-hmm. But she did a bit of that too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he realizes that his solo
2: ring doesn't have enough power to keep this phantom coast city running. And so his solution is he's going to go and
0: absorb the entire Oa battery. Well, he's summoned by a guardian for breaking the rules. Yes. He's, he's being selfish with his power usage. And so he's like, all right, I'll come. But when I come, I'm going to take all your power.
1: (laughs) Basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I felt as that was going on that he was going to like, Grow additional fingers on his hands so that he could have more rings because he kept toe rings. filling them. Up. He's got toe rings. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, but I did. I, I enjoyed the um, the level of his aggression as he's going towards Oa. Like it's it's not good to see a hero fall from grace like that. But I thought it was done well. Where he's flying through space and the Guardians are like, okay, well. The Green Lantern Corps. All of you that are ridiculously subservient to our to our ruling, go stop Hal Jordan, and he's just tearing through them, right? Like he just, you know, one page a piece, just completely Destroy decimates him. the rest of the core. Yeah. Um, you have some of his best friends, people that he's, you know, uh, fought to to keep alive and, and gone on many adventures for the last thirty years with, and that he's does not
0: hesitate to go into combat with. No, these are fully developed characters that have been around right. for years. These three issues wipe out an entire like comic book. Like, goodbye supporting cast, goodbye everyone this series has ever been about, which makes it even more interesting when we get into the next group of people in this comic and how there's really only two characters. But, oh, I'll wait. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the, the Oa, or is it Oa or O?
0: I always say O A, but that's
2: I've always I'm heard it.
1: Oh. Anyway. Oh.
2: Dear listeners, you tell us how do you pronounce uh, the home of the guardians of the universe.
1: Anyway, the little blue men in their little red dresses, uh, do they have they have power, so yes. they're just lazy and yes. they're just like, Oh, he's just destroying everybody. It'll be fine, he'll stop, someone'll yes. stop him. <laughs> We're just lazy little fuckers. And They'll get stopped, and it's good. And then he doesn't, and they're like, oh, this guy will do it, and that doesn't work. And so, okay, well, let's free the biggest villain that we have, (laughs) and he'll take care of it, and it won't cause any repercussions for us, and that'll be fine. And I just, I'm trying to remember, I can't remember the movie, but there's been tons of movies where, like, oh, well, yeah, Demolition Man, let's free... The biggest villain from that time. I was like, Aaron, is this a
0: Demolition Man buildup? Or are you just
1: (laughs) not thinking? I I was not thinking. So let's free that. And then that will never have any repercussions for any of us. So it's just like, I don't know. These guys are just idiots.
2: Yeah, yeah. um, They are very passive. That's why they created the Green Lantern Corps to do their bidding because they were not going to um, interfere in what was going on. Unlike Ben, the Guardians don't want to interfere or interject anything that's going on. <laughs> and uh, so they unleash Sinestro out of his, uh, his imprisonment inside the, the Oa battery. And I, I didn't know why he was there, and so I did a little bit of research to look back. After Crisis of Infinite Earths, there's a storyline where they have to go down, and they track Sinestro down, and they imprison him in the battery. So at the point that he's released in this issue to fight Hal Jordan, Sinestro hasn't been in a comic book for six years. Really? Like, it was kind of a big deal that he shows up, and, like, if you were reading at the time, like, oh, well, Hal Jordan has just decimated the core, and are the Guardians going to stand up? Like, oh, no, oh, crap, it's Sinestro, He just showed up. Like, that would have kind of been a big drop for comic fans, I think, at that time.
1: Uh, and then he was dropped very oh. soon <laughs> after that when he gets his neck snapped. Unless that is, like, retcon later on. I'm yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Sure. Is, uh, Can you imagine six years without the Joker?
1: That would be terrible. That would be amazing.
0: I, I actually kind of would like that a
2: lot. Like, remove him and then don't just bring him back to kill him. <laughs> but <laughs> remove him and then have him come back in this big, monumental way. I think if you take a break from something and that that yearning you'd have from missing it for a while would make you kind of really enjoy its re-entrance. They tried to do that in the New 52 with the Joker. He was gone for like a year of publication. But I think, I mean, the difference between a year and six years would be...
1: Then, what, fe- what do you feel about that? Like, do you feel that taking a break from continuity for a season and then doing something different and then coming back to continuity was worth it? Is that what Jake's saying?
0: I feel... Like I agree with what you're getting at, Aaron, but I don't feel like the comparison's the same. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah, how did you feel about
2: season six?
3: (laughs) I don't want to get involved in this. (laughs) That's safe. You're a smart lady. Anyway. So what I was reading about it was Green Lantern was not selling well, and so they decided they're just going to revamp it, and that's why they decided to make Hal Jordan go crazy and everything, Um so, and then what I saw was they did a poll, and it was like fifty-one percent preferred Kyle Rayner over Hal Jordan. <laughs> that's, that's but the sales went up. So hmm. I guess they can. I guess to when you bit.
1: do something controversial, the sales will go up. Right. So what what happens to Hal later? Do we is that something we'll talk about down the road? Yes. Yes. Okay.
2: Yeah, you'll find out why we're reading this for a Batman podcast.
1: <laughs> I figured there was some random reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. JLA related, probably.
2: Um, yeah, so he, he battles Sinestro. He defeats Sinestro with a quick snap. And, um, then he goes and he enters the, the battery. And the Guardians, in their last ditch effort, they send all of their power into one Guardian, um, Ganthet. Ganthet. And, uh, He's empowered with the, the last remaining bits of the Guardian's energy. The battery's destroyed. The core's destroyed. And how Jordan emerges in new armor. Um, Just amazing figures. how that's created, yeah. <laughs> uh, no ring. He's no longer um, tied to needing a, a power ring anymore. In fact, he steps on his um, previous ring as he shoots off into space. And Ganthet, uh, using the the Guardian's last bit of energy, reconstructs that power ring and flies off to Earth to
0: uh, do something random. Pretty much. You'll work. Yeah. <laughs> You'll do. So they, he's like, oh, I need to do better. Like, we, we messed up. We were lazy. We need to do something good with this one. And then he literally just takes the first person he finds. I was like, you are...
1: I, i cannot. really wish he'd given it to the hobo i know you do <laughs> i know you do Aaron. so
0: uh seemingly random person in the alleyway at the end of issue 50 but they're not random no they totally are but we <laughs> saw them at the very end of issue 48 when hal is flying off to oa we get one page with no explanation no names it's a uh Hunky, cute little Kyle Rayner sitting there with a woman whose uh, bikini top defies gravity and all aspects of physics because neither strap is on her shoulder. And, uh, yeah, we just see them watching the stars and they're like, oh, that falling star is going backwards. No mention of them in 49. And then you see him in an alleyway leaving a club and uh, receiving a ring next to a hobo. So that's that's <laughs> Kyle Rayner's official first appearance. That's why I own issue 48. Okay. All right. And
2: he is sunbathing with at nighttime. Alex at night. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's moonbathing. <laughs> and even though they're in LA, it's still cold at night that you probably aren't sitting around in your swimwear, right? No.
0: <laughs> no. Okay. I don't know. It's gratuitous. All right
2: i
1: don't know what the la temperatures at night are I don't if they are
0: anything like the san diego temperatures it would be 60 degrees it's
2: just it's an interesting like okay they're gonna introduce a new character they need to put him in an issue prior to him getting the the ring that's fine i can understand that we are like all right wh- what's he doing what's uh shirtless that's good that's oh he is nice. shirtless in
0: half of these issues <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, let's put him on a beach. Oh, but he <laughs> needs to see it, and he thinks it's a wishing star, so it's just nighttime. It's fine. I mean, I did already say he's one of my favorite superheroes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: Sarah, did you uh,
2: did you make the connection that that was Kyle when you were reading that, or you're like, what the fuck is this page?
3: <laughs> uh, I did not make the connection. Okay.
1: <laughs> I, I figured it probably was, but I just was kind of like, well, I figured it was probably whoever was going to be important later on. I didn't know who the name was because yeah. I didn't mention it. But
2: All right. So that takes us into the beginning of New Dawn. I'm going to take a quick pause here. We're going to refresh our drinks, and we'll be back to talk about the next uh, chapter of the story.
0: Issue 51 starts off with Kyle fighting, and he's wearing Hal's outfit, and he's not doing well because he doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Yes, and he I like how he showed back up at his girlfriend's house, who's a photographer, and she does not seem all that impressed with his suit or him or his abilities, or it's his ex-girlfriend, I guess. And he's just doing that to uh, try to win her back, I think, by showing up and try to get in her good graces or in her other things. Then uh, that it kind of flashes back to the scene at the beach in the previous issue.
2: Yeah, and it was actually, it took me back a little bit when they were, when the scene starts with him fighting this guy. I'm like, wait a minute, are there issues missing from this story that uh, that explain him, like, learning his power and starting to be Green Lantern? And then, you know, after, uh, like, page three, they say, okay, well, 48 hours Before that, or something like that. I'm like, okay. But it took a little while to go there. I'm like, oh, crap. Did I screw up the timeline? I am going to get
1: massacred. (laughs) I would have
0: corrected you with this one before we started.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But then you would have harassed him, I would hope, on air. Oh, of course. Of course. That's fair.
0: But yeah. um, And right away, we get Kyle narrating. So this is, you know, this is a new thing. And I don't know who read trades and who read single issues, but issue 50's cover is. Hal Jordan um, in his new scary outfit flying towards the reader. And then issue 51 is the same cover, same art, but it's Kyle flying forward in his new outfit, which we haven't met yet.
1: I think I read the trade, so I didn't see that on those. You think you got one of each? So oh, you okay. got you got the Hal cover, but you didn't get to compare it to the Kyle cover, right? No, I don't think so. They weren't really numbered in the trade, so it cuts to Slab Side Prison, which I thought was an interesting name for a prison. And I was like, oh, who's gonna break out of this one? Right? Because <laughs> you know, anytime you see a prison, somebody's breaking out. It's it's gonna be some destruction or whatever. So we got this Mongol guy who destroyed Coast City, and he wants to kill Superman first. And then he's like, oh, I also want to kill Green Lantern, too. So he didn't seem to care whether he killed Superman for. He really wanted Superman. But he's like, well, if I can't get him, I guess I can kill Green Lantern. That Violence. Right. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter which one I kill as long as I get to knock out one of these two.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mongol, uh, like I said, was um, one of the big villains of Reign of the Superman and the Return of Superman story. And I have not read a lot of Mongol stuff. Um, this is it. Yeah, he's been around for a while with Superman. He's fought the JLA. But the big thing about him and the thing that I I think the reason they brought him back, because they could have easily just put him back in Superman books where he belongs, but they kept him in this Green Lantern because he is yellow, right? And he's got yellow skin and and a goofy looking purple outfit. You know he's he's very very like golden silver age kind of character design, and so seeing him in a '90s book where they're like, no, we're not going to change the way he looks. He's just this big dumb Muppet yellow colored
0: guy in a purple jumpsuit. Right. Because <laughs> previous Green Lanterns' weakness is the color yellow, yes. which is absurd, but it's comic books.
2: Well, and a little backstory of why I guess do we know at this point why their color weakness do we is yellow? Care. Well, it, it it does matter, but yeah. Go it ahead. Matters to me. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Sarah, did you you look like you were going?
3: I don't think it wasn't until uh, Jeff Johns did like a revamp. Maybe it was a new 52 that they explain why. Yeah. so at okay. This time. All right. So was, yeah,
2: yeah. I, we'll skip over it, and uh, if it comes up later, we'll we'll talk about it then. But there Seven is a reason for now. their weakness. Um, he breaks loose. He breaks everybody else in. What's it called? Hard Times Penitentiary or something slab like that? Slabside Prison? <laughs> Slabside slab. Prison. Um, and all these other villains,
0: uh, one in particular, are now free and running around. Um, Which I saw that, and I didn't remember that Major Force was broken out of the jail. So as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh no! Put it <laughs> back! Put it back! <laughs> Rewind.
1: <laughs> so I have not heard of Major Force. Is he one of Green Lantern's big enemies? Uh, He's
0: one of Kyle's big enemies.
1: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Prior to this,
2: uh, he was created in the Captain Adam storylines. He was the second experiment that created Captain Adam. They tried to do it again, and they made Major Force by accident. But they use, like, comic book tropes like they used a bad guy to experiment on they're like oh well you know if he dies nobody will miss him it'll be fine we won't accidentally create a super villain it'll be
1: okay i think they need to think things through a little bit more just take a little more a little more time before you start experimenting on people especially ones that have a track record for not being so kind (laughs) to others so mongol
0: finds them um, practicing pra- on the beach. Practicing on the beach because that's their that's their
1: couple place to go. As they're taking pictures too,
0: because of course she is either a reporter or a photographer. Those are the roles of the love interests in these stories. Yeah, or lab She's assistant. She only have those three jobs. Yes. So they're taking pictures, and Mongol shows up and sees Alex, and he says, "You are his female." Good. <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> 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 and.
2: Much like the rest of the story is going to illustrate, uh, I think there's a great line here from Kyle. He goes, get out of the way, Alex. (laughs) Yeah, basically. And uses a giant green hand to shove her out of the way uh, as he goes to fight the
0: bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you know, it was to keep her safe,
1: I'm sure. Mm -hmm. I think it was well-intentioned.
0: Most of his narration (laughs) throughout these books is about how he wants to make her happy and live up to her and she's like motivating him she's his motivation in the sense of like he's irresponsible he can't do this he gets this ring and he's like okay this this will turn me around but it's for alex yeah
2: so i mean the guy is he's kind of a deadbeat he's kind of a loser he doesn't have any ambitions he's at the club sunbathes at
0: nighttime he's stupid
2: he's and then he he lands a job that's well above his current status and he's like okay well now i can go win back the girl that dumped me for being a loser i can make myself better in her eyes and you I don't know, know if we he
1: landed a job i don't know if that's the, the the correct terminology for
0: that yeah there's no core to pay him <laughs> <laughs>
1: but i mean it's in in
2: perspective it's like you know he he found a gig that was going to work and he thought it was going to make him famous. Like he doesn't immediately want to protect the universe. He doesn't feel this responsibility to do those things. He's like, Oh, well uh, this makes me something better than I am. And that'll mean that Alex will love me again. And he just goes to show off, right? He's not, Uh he's not Clark Kent who feels this, this huge desire to have to protect people. He doesn't, you know when he beats the armored suit guy in his entrance issue he's standing in the street with his foot on it and his fingers in the number one position like up raised up in the sky he's like i'm number one and telling her to take pictures (laughs) yeah i mean he's not in it for the good of the mini he's in it for the good of kyle right now
1: well, and that makes sense. I think in terms of him being handed this power out of the middle of nowhere in the alleyway, and him being who knows what his status was before this—some guy that has a girlfriend and he likes to moonlight or whatever he does on the beach—he's he's always <laughs> at the dance clubs, right? They mentioned right. I mean, dance he, clubs like you know, four times. He he seems to be the the egocentric, self-absorbed at that point, and so he's handed something that gives him a ton of power he's going to use it for his personal gain until he can figure out or learn otherwise.
2: Yeah, and the the change in attitude is, is kind of similar to how Jordan when he was given the ring, he was uh you know, couldn't hold down his job as a test pilot. He caused an accident with his friends in the car because he'd been drinking and driving like he wasn't on a great path himself and then the ring and the training that the core gave him set him to be a hero and Kyle's not going to have that same uh, group of backup characters that Hal did he's going to be on his own until
0: Superman shows up. These issues, the only supporting cast is Alex. Kyle's book right now for four issues is him and Alex.
1: And Superman, he shows
0: up. Sure, as like a guest spot, but... Yeah. Right. Because
2: you got to make sure Green Lantern issue three sells
0: well enough so you drop Superman
1: in. <laughs> it. That's true. <laughs> Give somebody for Mongol to beat up... I did
0: like it. that Superman was the first um, JLA person that he gets to meet. It's very clearly like, oh, this is his first like other superhero moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
2: prior to that, and like he's like, oh, well someday they're gonna mention my name in the same breath as Superman and Wonder Woman. You know, like he was, he has the world idolizes Superman obviously, and he joined in that being a young. Um,
0: was it Wonder Woman that was mentioned? <sighs> I'll look it up. Because if it was, wow, Ron Mars, look at you acknowledging that women can be superheroes.
1: <laughs> well.
0: I, I, I want to talk about Ron Mars, but I'm just waiting.
1: <laughs> I don't know who Ron Mars is. Um, I
0: have There's a no paragraph writer. written out <laughs> about his, yeah, the writer. Yeah. Oh, okay. My comment is the same snark whether or not it happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're tiptoeing around the big issue here. Let's get into it. So the hobo found a shard of green material in the alleyway. Right. And he is brought into an ominous dark office with some bad guys. Who they are doesn't matter. What they want doesn't matter. They want to know what this chunk of green is. And I'm like, oh, it's probably going to form a lantern. Or, oh, it's going to be something where he can recharge his battery. Because as he and Alex are practicing, he's like, wow, this bat ring never runs out. Well, if you know anything about Green Lantern, the ring has to run out or he has unlimited power. Right. So the hobo, Aaron, I'm sorry to say, gets murdered.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. (laughs) That's pretty par for the course with hobos and some of these stories.
0: And the villain, Major Force, who we saw escape from, or we saw be broken out of the prison, is there and is asked to track down this new Green Lantern so they can find out what this hunk of green is. And the only lead they have is Alex. And Major Force is like, cool, I'll go kill him. Do you want the whole hand or just the ring? Dun, dun, dun. Done. And that is the end of issue 53, which leads us into issue 54 of Green Lantern.
3: Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> this was a really happy one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this
0: is a, a big highlight issue. So this issue is the death of Alex who is the second main character in these four issues the only female in these four issues and she was a smart uh sexy talented woman who inspired others inspired others um had potential for being a Lois type character and instead the writer Ron Mars and be at his choice or DC Comics choice, decided that, you know what, instead of having Kyle find some other reason to actually want to be a superhero, which I felt like he was already on his way to do in issue 53, but whatever, uh, let's just go ahead and brutally murder Alex and dismember her.
2: And put her in a refrigerator.
1: Yeah. I kind of like that scene. Um, I feel like, Ben's gonna yell at me. No,
0: no, talk about it. I want. I want to hear your. I want to hear. Well, I mean, they thought. did. The,
1: the whole point of that is they don't want him tied to anything as he moves forward as Green Lantern. They don't want him to have a connection or a tie to a human or a person so that he can go off. As we know, with like Batman, he's not ever tied to one person because he can't focus his energy on doing his job and his his mission. So I think they're trying to do a contrast to Hal Jordan. Hal lost everything, lost his family, lost his city, and he chose the wrong path. Now you've got Kyle, we're going to take this from him. What path is he going to choose? So they're sending him on the path of, is he going to be righteous? Is he going to go down the right path? Now obviously it was brutal and you're killing off a character, but-
3: Oh, you're talking about the writers or the creators of the comics or sending them off on this path? Uh, maybe. Okay, not the, not Major Force coming. Like, not the, Major that Force, was his no, okay, yeah. Right.
1: No, not Major Force's mission. No, gotcha. I think it's, if we have Hal going the the dark side, we have Kyle making the conscious choice of what what is he going to do. Is he going to follow Hal's path, or is he going to take the loss and use it to drive him in a way to better society and fulfill what the Green Lantern is supposed to be?
0: No, that's interesting. And a lot of su- most superheroes have some sort of loss. Yeah. Be it a parent yeah. or a
2: world. The, the rite of passage been. of a superhero is, is a big deal. You know, we've talked about it a lot on the show with the Robins and, you know, do the Robins' parents, does he have to be an orphan? Does something have to happen that helps create this character's sense of responsibility to a, a larger world? And yeah, I, I think that's definitely probably what they were aiming to do here was to give this character uh, a sense of, of loss and unexpected change in the status quo that they had been experiencing and then make them look at the world in a different way than they had been so far.
0: So Sarah, you went to school for script writing mm-hmm. and you... I think you were the first time that I'd heard the term Woman in the Refrigerator. And when I heard it, I was like, that sounds familiar to me (laughs) because (laughs) I owned these comic books. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Woman in the Refrigerator is? Uh,
3: Yeah, so um, comic creator Gail Simone, after reading this comic, um, decided to assemble an entire list. I think at the time she published the website, there were over 100 different women in comics who were um they were depowered they were killed they were raped they were dismembered uh just treated absolutely horribly um and she compiled the list and wrote a letter and sent it to a bunch of different comic creators and you can still find the women in refrigerators website um and ron mars that's his name right yes yeah he has his response on here um my eyes just bugged out yeah very much (laughs) defending um what he did and he actually said um a lot of people think that she was cut up and put in there but that's because the first time that they printed it um like the first drawing had the refrigerator more open Mm. and um the comics code said no you can't do that and so they had to close the door some and that led people to believe that she was cut up and put in there but he was like but our intention was just to murder her and shove her in there so because that
2: makes it so much better that right. she wasn't chopped up into pieces
3: right so there uh there's that he said this like out loud or in print as yeah, a response to her letter your, yeah yeah yeah
2: oh ron what i just wanted to tack <laughs> on real quick it, when she wrote and created the website, she wasn't actually writing comics yet. She was just a comic fan oh, out there. Oh, I didn't know that. And she wanted to express her opinion. And she had been she'd been writing comic articles for the comic book resource website. And she had been involved in the media a little bit. And then, um, as the website and the popularity, or as as the women in refrigerators article and and responses grew, it um, spread out. She got her first writing gigs and then broke into the
0: industry as a
2: comic book writer.
0: What I know her from is the Birds of Prey series, where um, which is a female-led team of superheroes. That's yes. the first thing I ever read her with. And she's done uh,
2: quite a bit. I mean, she's written Wonder Woman. She's written um, Deadpool Birds of prey, Batgirl. I think
3: Red Sonia is one of her big ones. Red
2: Sonia, um, which is uh, an, an interesting character for her to, because um, Red Sonia takes a lot of heat because she was the female uh, Conan character, but her backstory is she was raped and her village was pillaged and that's why she became red Sonia. She runs around in a metal bikini and all that. And she was not an icon for any kind of feminist movement at all. She was cheesecake for a long time for the swords and sorcery comics. And, uh, Gail Simone, who had headed this movement of women in the refrigerator, um, then taking over that character and writing her from her perspective was a big move. And, um, I actually look forward to reading those. I, I, I have some of them, but I have not read them. Jake owns things he hasn't read yet? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, Sarah. I have read all the comics in our comic closet. Don't yes, worry. Exactly. Ooh, right. she's here.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually remember when I first heard the women in the refrigerator, I was at, um, it was like some comic writing club that I went to, and it was all female creators, and I talked about liking Buffy, and they immediately were like, oh, Joss Whedon. And I was like, "What's the problem with Joss Whedon?" And they were like, "Just Google women in the refrigerator." And so initially, you and I talked about it, Ben, and we were very much opposed to like the idea behind it. Yeah, um, because as writers and creators, like it, ma- it makes sense that you would do it. Now looking at it, like th- it is a very disproportional amount um, of of female characters. I think about Supernatural which i don't want to spoil anything but charlie um is pretty much the exact same thing and then a lot of lgbtq characters suffer from the same treatment and it's all so if you read through the responses from the creators um it's a lot of well it happens to men too which is true and it does it's just the percentage wise and and their reasoning is well there are more female supporting characters so of course it's going to happen which um, is an
0: issue on its own,
3: right? And um, but then there are there are plenty of people. Um, Aaron, one of your favorites, George Perez and Marv Wolfman. <laughs> oh yeah, they they were in there and I'm sure, um, and you know apologized for for killing off female characters. Yeah, the Ron Mars one is pretty pretty good because he's like, well, I created her with the intention of killing her. He's yeah, like, no, he needs to stop change. talking. <laughs> and then Marv Wolfman said that he had to kill Ice. Because everyone else was mad that he was making them kill their characters in one of the crises. And then, so he was like, so I had to do that and I regret it and all that.
0: Mm. That's That's interesting.
3: interesting. So it's very cool to read through that list and see all the perspectives.
0: Yeah. So to get into Ron real quick and my, my struggle with him, because I love Kyle and I own, I wrote down... I own 82 issues of Green Lantern written by Ron Mars. And he also wrote 13 issues of my Superboy series. Well, the, the issues of Green Lantern I own that are not Ron Mars is because Judd Winnick takes over. And Judd Winnick um, got his start on <laughs> The Real World, like the f- first or second season of The Real World. And he befriended a gay man on that show, who um, ended up dying of AIDS. And Judd became a huge supporter and activist for gay rights and AIDS awareness and everything. And so Judd um, actually wrote, took over Green Lantern and introduced a gay character. And I was reading those stories um, when I was figuring out that I myself am gay and I was like, oh, and I wasn't out yet. So I was reading these books and I was like, you know, hiding them across the table for my mother while we were watching Survivor and I was clearly a homosexual. And so <laughs> so I'm reading that and they do, Sarah, end up using that character to drive Kyle's story forward. Mm-hmm. He gets hate crimed. He lives. But then Judd um, built, I talked about this a while ago on this podcast a little bit about they Judd was building up this um, gay young blonde guy to become the next green lantern to the point where Kyle sent him his ring. So there's an issue that ends with this guy holding like having the ring on his hand and the green emanating from it. And I was like, Oh my God, this is like my first gay superhero, like representation. And he was blonde. I was like, wow, there's never blonde superheroes. And so <laughs> so I was super excited. The next issue was taken back over by Ron Mars. Oh no. We never saw uh, Terry again was his name. We never saw Terry again. And Roz wrote it. Ron wrote it out in one line saying, Oh, I'm glad Terry was able to hold my ring for me so I could telepath." teleport back to earth and uh so yeah so i have personal issues with ron mars
1: apparently yeah that's that's crazy
0: so sorry i thought that was a good transition Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two things one judd winnick on the real world was he a contestant or a writer no he's a contestant he was oh, uh, a he wild. was a uh, he was a failed he was a not failed he was he was like kyle he was um, doing cartoons for, like, magazines and greeting cards and, like, he, you know, he, yeah. he was an artist, but he wasn't really getting much done. And so then he wrote, and this is, you know, he, he got his fame through his dead gay friend, which, not great, but relatable to comic books, apparently. He wrote a uh, award-winning book called Pedro and Me, which I read and I sobbed through. And it starts with them meeting in the real world and goes to... Through their lives until Pedro dies. And that got him famous. And then he, you know, wrote a bunch of other stuff, but he wrote the Green Lantern, the big chunk. It's like 50 or so issues of Green Lantern. And <laughs> the only writer on that chunk of Kyle that wasn't Ron Mars. And then he also, around the same time, was writing Green Arrow, where he introduced um, a new Speedy. Speedy is Green arrow sidekick, a new Speedy. And she was a teenage girl living with HIV. So yeah. he was trying to get these messages across. Um, the letters columns during those times were very frustrating for me to read because it was either "Oh my God, this is amazing, thank you," or "Well, I'm never reading DC comics again." It was very hostile. Yeah. The Aaron, have you had you ever heard the term "women in refrigerators"?
1: Yeah, on our podcast okay <laughs> uh it, it's, Fair.
2: it's gonna end up being like to, to bring it back to batman it is something that continues to happen uh even up to this day that uh, um minority characters that are not represented as strongly as the the straight white superhero male uh get the short end of story writing stick Right, like they they end up just being there to be a tool to move the hero story forward, and it's it's gotten better, but there is a lot of issues in the Batman continuity that are you know we we've already read Barbara Gordon's story, and I think there's a big argument that Oracle ends up becoming a stronger version for Barbara Gordon's character, um, partly
0: thanks to Gail Simone.
2: Yes. And then she does end up becoming Batgirl again. And when that happened, a lot of people were upset. Like, oh, no, you, you took away the only, um, you know, handy, capable superhero that we had had at this point in time. And, you know, this is what Barbara Gordon has become. But there, the counterpoint to that would be, you know, well, you took her powers away. And we're going to give them back. She doesn't have to be... Uh, downgraded to be important and that kind of thing but there are we're going to come across even more stories where um the supporting female or the supporting minority character are used to uh just move things forward it's not this is not the only situation that this happens
3: and i think i struggle with it because from a writing point of view i mean I I saw it as women in the refrigerator when I read this because it's the first time I've read it. But Aaron, what you're saying about comparing Kyle to Hal, like, and it's what Batman has done where it's like, you know, one bad day can that turn someone evil, mm-hmm. and that's they're proving that they can. I mean, this is the same thing as Spider-Man's origin. Um, yeah, I think it's the fact that she was stuffed in a refrigerator. That's like that's the the gruesomeness. I think otherwise I. Yeah, I think.
0: And you sense. actually see him choke the life out of her. Like, that was the problem for me, like, was how brutal it was. Yeah. And the fact that she was literally created to die. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, but... And
2: even Major Force's comment, like, after he chokes her to death, he just stands up and you see her lifeless body at his feet very clearly. Nothing hidden in the shadows. No misconception about what just happened. He's like, I'm hungry. And, like, that makes him a very bad person, and it, uh, you know, it will, it puts on the page, like, this guy just doesn't care, and he's a killer, and he's vicious. But the fact that he doesn't care, that that her life meant so little to even him, makes this event just in your face that much more kind of hard to swallow, I think.
0: So I didn't know about the woman in the refrigerator until Sarah we became friends and talked about it. But like I said, I was collecting Green Lantern in the 100s issues and went back and got these. So I knew about Alex just from random references that Kyle would be making. Mm. Gotcha. Um, but when I got this issue, you guys know me. What's my taste level? Sunshine and rainbows. It was hard for me. I was, I don't know, 16, 17 when I read this. And I didn't know the whole backstory or anything but it was uncomfortable and i was like this is way too violent for me but i guess i'm just gonna put it in my collection because i gotta get them all so it was kind of it's kind of i don't want to say cool but i appreciate from a historic comic book sense like having it and what it means for i don't know i i think a lot can be said about liking characters and being able to separate that whatever creative um, whatever creator has their hands on them, the character can be different. Right. And- it's not Kyle's fault that this happened. Sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. And Ron Mars has like, he's obviously a terrible person. And I'm regretting what I'm about to say from what you just said, Sarah, about his quotes and stuff. But he gets better as this goes on. When I started reading it, there were strong female in the story that were their own superheroes and had their own stories and everything. So I I was a little like, oh, this is the same guy when that happened, but I guess he had to change with the times over the years. Any uh, final thoughts before we go to reviews? Uh, It goes into a zero hour (laughs) tie-in. Yeah, so while
2: this happens, like Kyle's off in the city, and the city's all screwed up with, uh, there's like a future version of the city that's popped into the present, and Yeah, I wonder what's going on there. I guess we will find out.
0: And Alan Scott, we get Alan Scott for two seconds.
2: Yeah, yeah. He shows up to offer some guidance uh, to the new Green Lantern.
0: Teach him the history.
2: Yeah, like, hey, all the stuff that you don't know about this immensely powerful thing on your hand, here it is in two pages.
0: (laughs) It was helpful for those new readers that didn't read the house stuff. Probably. Like me.
1: There you go.
2: (laughs) So I'm going to jump in with My Weekend Geek real quick. So this week, uh, I had, in my research for the book, um, found a short novel that I purchased and am gifting to Benjamin, um, Ooh. and I have read the first half of it up to this point because it is amazing
0: and it ties into this
2: what issue. What is it called, Ben?
0: Thank you. It's called The Refrigerator Monologues. Is this like... So, like it the is, vagina monologues, but yes. all the women that die.
2: So it is the story of six comic book characters uh, or versions uh, in this universe of comic book heroines that are either the girlfriends, past superheroes. Yeah. Or oh. villains that meet in the afterlife <laughs> and share their experiences as being just writing tools for their superheroes. version. Thank Jake. I uh, did not know this existed. Yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, sure. I have read the first half of it. It is amazing. It's called The Refrigerator Monologues. By uh, Catherine. Catherine M. Valenti. Valenti.
0: We can't read. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, I cannot recommend it enough. It is hilarious. It's vulgar. It's in your face. Um, it says
0: ferociously angry is the, yes. <laughs> the caption on the front. So
2: these six women who meet in uh in the afterlife, they have a coffee house club where they get together. And the woman who runs the club is a stand-in for Gwen Stacy it's in a
0: refrigerator. <laughs>
2: nice. So, um, you know, Gwen Stacy being that one character who was killed off to move Peter Parker's storyline along, and was the the character you were never allowed to bring back. Right? She had to stay dead, and that was her big thing. And uh, well, thank you, Jake. I'm yeah.
0: really excited to read that. Awesome.
2: All right, uh, let's go through uh, reviews and final thoughts, Aaron. But let me ask you something. What do you think of this?
1: That was terrible. It's all right. Horrendous. I'm offended. It's I'm appalled. Right. That was awesome. Right. Whoa, yes. All yes. All right. no! Uh, like I said in the first episode, I'm going to hold off on my total recommendations on oh, reading anything yeah. until after I see where Jake is going with this nonsense. Uh, but nonsense. If you... This
0: is no different than reading the first Flash to no, like learn about. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> I, I I thought it was good. I enjoyed reading something different that we hadn't read before. Uh, I guess if you like Green Lantern and you wanted to read more about Hal and his downward spiral, I guess that would be good. If you want to read Origins and introductions of new people, and shortly thereafter their demise, uh, this would be a good place to start. I enjoyed it.
2: Um, I have not read it cover to cover before or the two stories together. I've been diving into a lot of Green Lantern lately, uh, but kind of picking and choosing the the major storylines for him uh, because I read everything Batman and don't have time to read anything else. So um, I think if you are interested in the Green Lantern character, these are very key issues Um, even if you you know you just want to read Hal Jordan or you just want to read Kyle Rayner both pretty important to their two characters awesome Uh,
3: I'm gonna agree I think it was I enjoyed reading it Um, I didn't enjoy everything that happened in it but um, rarely do you enjoy everything that happens in all the books Um, so yeah I think I I never knew who Kyle Rayner was I think now that I've read it I'm like oh I have heard that name before Um, but it was it was a good introduction and i think i have the hero click of mongol and so i was like oh that's who that is (laughs) nice
0: i have a hard time with this i this story honestly over the years made me rethink my love for kyle and rethink everything i've read of ron Mars. I do think it's a tight story. I think it's a really condensed, like, good. I enjoyed it more than a bunch of the crap we've been reading recently for the podcast. I definitely think if you're interested in the history, especially if any of the woman in the refrigerator topic interests you and you want to learn more, I think this is definitely something worth reading. Um, It is uncomfortable. Issue 54 is not one that I ever reread. I did enjoy the first three issues a lot. This is actually, I've owned them forever, but this is the first time I reread the, or I've actually ever read the Hal Jordan parts. I would just flip through to the two Kyle pages and be like, okay, moving along with my journey (laughs) just because I know what happens to Hal Jordan. And so I didn't need to read him killing all these people. But um, yeah, I think you you guys summed it up. Just me personally, I, I, I don't think I can recommend it. All right. But I own it and love it. (laughs) 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 Sentimentality is weird like that. Nice. So uh,
2: what's next, Jake? Well, um, if you guys are reading along with us, uh, obviously this is a Batman podcast. So we are most likely probably going to go back to Batman stories, uh, but just not yet. So I think most likely we'll probably figure out why the hell we just read eight issues of Green Lantern. Uh, not just eight yet. More
1: issues.
0: <laughs> no, we're reading three issues of the Flash. I'm sorry, Jake, but I, I have to. I'm so excited. <laughs> we this are. This is the only time we've done two episodes in a row that have included some of my favorite characters. We are reading issue 92 through 94 of the Flash from the 90s. Yep. Okay. Uh, and we'll discuss why we're reading those next week.
2: So I'm so excited. <laughs> I'll make a drink for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. So. Aaron, what did we learn? (laughs) I almost did it. I I almost did it.
3: It's that time again.
1: Did you another one of our cute little skits?
3: No, it's time to learn the day's lesson. And to find out what it is, we turn to the Wheel of Batman. Wheel of Batman. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn.
1: Well, there was a couple and I didn't want to go super heavy since the last like half hour of this was a little (laughs) deep. So I'm just going to say we could have avoided all that refrigerator conversation if he had just given it to the hobo.
0: (laughs)
2: Fair. (laughs) to say. Well, for the Brotherhood of Batman, thank you, Sarah, for joining us for another episode. Um, It was a pleasure having you as always.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: I'm Aaron. I'm the oldest out of us. I'll clean this up. Thanks for tuning in. And it was really weird recording in person, by the way.
0: Um, Jake, I'm the little brother. I didn't like looking at you either. <laughs> I am Ben, your sunshine into Gotham and proudly the co-podcaster of What's New, Nancy Drew. Hey, Sarah, do we have something we want to talk to the brothers about real quick before we leave?
3: We do. What? We have a little bit of a challenge for you guys.
0: We would like to do a future episode a crossover with What's New, Nancy Drew, where we discuss who is the best detective, Nancy. Or Bruce. Interesting. Oh, game on. (laughs) Game on. Well, I uh, will be leaving my brothers for that episode (laughs) as I sit across (laughs) from them on this table. Awesome. So stay tuned for a future episode down the line. Sarah and I have some sleuthing to do. All right. We're going to tear them apart, Aaron. (laughs) Are we? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye.
1: Hopes of bitterness blends this city's ways. I-